Unfortunately, due to the current predicament of the Canberra Raiders, the segment, Reasons to be Cheerful, will not be appearing in today's episode. Thank you for your understanding. Hello, well, on Raiders Review, Blake and the Pork, I'm the Pork. I'm Blake. We're the third most popular Raiders podcast on the internet. Coming to you from a filthy, filthy, very depressing storeroom buried somewhere in the bowels of Civic, the location of which we will never reveal, will we, Blake? Not at this rate. No, we're not going to do it. <laughs> we, don't, we don't want them to find us. No, we don't want anyone <laughs> to find us. No, I don't know, just leave me alone. Um... Brought to you with an exceptionally dubious support of the Greenhouse um, and also the cash money. Oh, get online. Canberra Raiders' most popular fan <laughs> forum. Um, get online. Um, join in. Why not? Why not? Get pile in on. there and join in. Pile, pile on. on. <laughs> pile on. Get on there and there is no better forum to pile on than the Greenhouse. So get on there. Um, and also brought to you with the cash money uh, sponsorship of Landspeed Records. Come in and buy your CDs, your LPs, your T-shirts, your clothing, all sorts of paraphernalia from people who are just as upset about the Canberra Raiders <laughs> as you are. And if you're listening to this podcast, I'm pretty confident you're upset. Isn't that right, Blake? I am upset. You know, I left and just even post the Melbourne Storm game, I, I walked out of there and, and I wasn't angry. I wasn't wanting to point fingers or mm. any I was just sad yeah yeah I just I left just very sad and empty and it was a real 2013 feeling to it it I? was it was and, and it kind of feels like that's where the club is a general mm. we're heading back to a very a very dark dark period obviously the the George Williams situation is just really just really bummed us out it really has and before we get to that what I also want to say before I go anywhere because I've been accused many times of bagging out the supporters you know what I saw at that match when it was very obvious, very early into the second half that we were going to lose. Very obvious. No one left. I wanted to leave with twenty minutes to go, but I, then I, I but thought. Ed, but what I said, what I saw was there was no leaving. Everyone stayed put. Yeah. And you know what? Out of everything that had happened in that match, that was the thing that I was the most proud of. The amount of people who stayed there to the bitter end, in spite of the fact it was a bitter, bitter end. So kudos to all of you. I'm bloody impressed I wanted to leave with 20 minutes to go but oh, then I if thought if I wasn't getting paid I would have left yeah well I, I would not have been as good as those people I, I didn't leave and I because I thought that's not who I am and that's not what I'm about I stay I've left there were some times in 2013 where I did leave mm. a bit early um, I left in 1993 in the Balmain match where it was draw 32 all I was so furious. Didn't you leave? Didn't you leave a game and then we actually won? Was that is that you or is that someone else? I think. <laughs> no, that's someone else. No, no. Okay. No, I've never left a match and been wrong. Seen the writing on the wall and it's come true. But um, look, first and foremost, before we discuss anything else, um, the George Williams dumpster fire. Yeah, Blake, it's it's a disaster. I mean, obviously we've been saying um, on the show for a while now that it was inevitable that he was going at the end of the season. It was. Um, for good reason, too. I didn't want him to go. I wanted him to be able to stay here with Charlotte. I wanted them to be happy in Canberra and be supportive. COVID has screwed us. Let's let's make this clear. When COVID came down last year, it took our chances of winning the grand final and it absolutely dog-rooted them. The fact that we got through the prelim was a bloody fantastic achievement last year. But this year, 
they're having a baby. They were already homesick. They already couldn't get to their family and they just wanted to go home. I wanted them to stay. I wish they could look at it and say, oh, I'm getting paid a shirtload of money, so they're why I'm doing it. But Wigan's paying him a lot of money. Now, we don't have to release him, but the writing's on the wall. It's inevitable. Oh, you've got to... This is the thing. People say contracts aren't worth anything, but if someone doesn't want to be part of your organisation, you don't stand a lot to gain from forcing them to stay against their will. No. Now, you, you, at the end of the day, if, if, if they're out, they're out. And... The thing is now, since the club have decided enough's enough and they've gone a bit sort of heavy-handed in the same way they did with John Bateman where they just went, okay, we've had enough of this. You know, we're cutting ties. Um, it's been handled really, really badly. And it's turned, you know, it's it's now a real PR disaster which makes the club look like absolute assholes. And you want now, you know, we've got money to spend on new signings you know and that's the thing we're saying well this gives an opportunity to go out to the market are people really going to want to come you know to an organisation that, that where we're at right now well I, I know I've said this before and I'm going to say it again yes if we do this one thing and I've been saying this loud and long from the beginning Josh Hodgson needs to be back at the helm put him back at the heart of this rebuild and bringing the boys back together and that man with his incredible playing ability as well as his incredible durability and his incredible leadership. integrity and leadership you can build around football that. brain for another three years josh hodgson can lead this side people will come to play with josh hodgson jack white and, and josh papali they will come to play with them but you take josh hodgson out of that it becomes very challenging so the club at this stage still has this life raft this door from the floating titanic on which we can all grab hold of you know, we can all get onto the door. You know, we don't have to go sinking down to this. And it's called Josh Hodgson. Well, I was surprised to see that he's he's come back on the bench. I would have thought that he would have come back in straight to the hooking role. Starling didn't have a great game against the Storm. He hasn't really set the world on fire since he's been made the main number nine. He actually, you know, had a bit of an ankle injury. So I thought maybe he would go back to the bench. Mm. And Hodgson would resume number nine. But no. And, no. and look, and there's no and as, as someone said to me before, anyone that picks Tom Starling ahead of Josh Hodgson at hooker this week is an idiot. They may have a point. Well, you know, I'm not going to start casting aspersions on my coach at this stage. I don't think that's the right thing to do. Um, I think one of the things that needs to be done to staunch the bleeding is for people to stop getting out there and throwing spanners at each other. This is a time to come together as a unit, a la, like I said previously, the dogs in 95, and sit down, have the hard conversations, and staunch this bleeding and get this train back on track. And that is the only approach that can be taken now. Any other approach right now is stupid politics playing or it's backroom he said, she said crap. And it will get nobody anywhere except unhappy and out the freaking door. But Josh, Hod all Josh Hodgson leaving at the end of the year was inevitable. And maybe it was... I don't think it is inevitable, and I still don't think it's inevitable. And, and not Josh Hodgson, sorry. George Williams leaving at the end of the year is inevitable. Yeah. And even maybe him leaving now was in the best interest of all parties. But behind closed doors, this could have been handled in a much better way that would have you know, come to the same outcome, but in a more amiable way for all parties concerned. It would have made the club, the organisation, the coach, the chief executive look a lot better than they're looking right now. Because right now, we are the laughing stock of but, the NRL. But not just... It's all of us. It's you and me as well. It is all of well, us we are feel, we with feel, we, Yeah, and we feel tarnished by association. 
Yeah, no, but and, I am and, associated. I'm inside that tent. So what happens to them happens to me as well. I own whatever the situation is. You know, that whole thing, my country right or wrong, this is my club right or wrong. Just because there are things that are happening that I don't necessarily agree on doesn't mean I pulled out all stops on those people. I am still with them and of them and working with them to try and make something better out of this. The only way something good comes out of this right now is if everyone takes that approach. So, you know, one thing, That's I, what I'm saying, one I'm thing not... I really want to see stop more than anything the else. The leaking. There is one thing I will tell anybody who may or may not, players, officials, coaching staff, whoever, myself, yourself, and this is speaking for someone who is in the media. The media are not your friends. They will never be your friends. They are not interested in that. I had to make a decision a number of years ago when I sat down there and thought to myself, you know, what is my overarching thing in working in the NRL media, in rugby league and writing it? Am I a journalist who's going to tell it like it is and be, you know, like brutal and frank about these things? Or am I a Canberra supporter? And you know what I came up with, Blake? At the end of the day, I'm a Canberra Raiders supporter. The reason I followed, the reason I got interested in this and went down there is I'm a Canberra Raiders supporter. And I will be, I was here before most of these people came and I'll be here after they've left because I'm a judge of the club. I would never ever find out something from within the club that I was told personally and then go out and, and, and put it out there for my own personal advantage. I would never ever do it because I would keep those people's confidence as closely as I'd hope they'd keep mine. And I will continue doing that. When you see someone like James Hooper, and I hope to God he's taking a guess rather than it's been told anything, do you really think he gives a crap whether we live or die? 22 years I've been working at that stadium. I have never seen his head, bald or otherwise, at that place. Not once, not ever. He doesn't give a crap whether the Canberra Raiders live or die. He does not. He was there at the Australia-New Zealand game about four years ago. When I was working for... Oh, really? When yeah. I was working for Laurie Oaks all those years ago... I used to see all manner of politicians go in and out of his office, and I'm sure they were telling him this about the others, leaking on their own party, leaking on others, whatever it came out. You know, suspicious. A guy would turn up in his office, and all of a sudden, that night's story would be something about that guy's arch enemy within his own club, or team, or party, or whatever. It happened. And I saw that, and I remember thinking, <clears throat> watching one of them, who I knew had given Laurie stuff after stuff, the day after Laurie had done a hatchet job story on that person, and realised, Laurie's not your friend, mate. No. And if you think he's your friend, he's here to cover politics. He's made no secrets about that whatsoever. He's here to cover politics. The journalists and Fox at the Daily Telegraph and even at the Sydney Morning Herald now, they're not your friends. Anything, any problem you've got, they're not at all interested in solving it. They're interested in selling papers, getting readers, getting views. Fanning they will the flames. crap on you for their own purposes as soon as they possibly can. And if you think for one second that they are your mates and they can do anything to support you, you are living in a fool's fucking paradise. Stop it. Yeah, well, I don't think, I don't think Ricky's the one that's talking to hoops. I don't think I, Ricky's talking to hoops at all. But I think I know who is. Well, I, I have no conjecture about that whatsoever, but there's, from what I'm seeing, there's either far too many people making stuff up or far too many people talking and it needs to end. It needs to end. It needs to end right now because you don't hear this stuff coming out of the Melbourne Storm or the Sydney Roosters. You don't hear it coming out of a Wayne Bennett coach team. You know why? It might have been, it might because have been, they know what I've just said. It might have been coming out of the Sydney Roosters when Ricky was there. Certainly not coming out under Trent Robinson. No, no it's different. And, and, and let's stop casting aspersions on Rick. 
Rick's upset. You saw Rick in the in the in the um, presser. He looked lost. People were saying, "Oh, okay, he, he, looked, he was nasty. He was being curt. He was being rude." No, he wasn't. He was he demoralized. Lo- he looked like either, and this is why I messaged you at the time. He looked like either he was lost for answers, or he'd given up. And I don't know which of those two. He'll um, never give up. Well, I don't know which of those two um, options I would prefer. But it was it wasn't good. And I mean. I don't know that they necessarily coaches necessarily do have to go and and, and justify themselves or should have to go oh, and justify sometimes themselves. Sometimes it's to the horrible. Fans. It's a horrible like spectacle. I know, but this is this is the environment that we're now in. The game's now in, where it's the twenty four hour news cycle and just the constant access and the constant. And I'm not saying it's necessarily a good thing, but if he is required to front up to these things, I don't know. I think he's got. I think he's got to come up with it with a bit better than that. And like for him to say that the issue against the storm wasn't an attitude problem. Well, yeah, if, if, it's not, if it's not that, it's just that our players aren't good enough. And they're just... What did you see that was good enough? Yeah. What did you see that was good enough? I, I did see people trying out there. I saw them outclassed. And that was what despaired the most. Look, one of my... For a brief moment in time, I was a soccer coach of um, elite junior sides for girls. And that ended ra- massively one day. They were awesome they were so good they were such a good team we were playing our sister side in the same area who i didn't think were quite as good and they beat us three nil that day and it became very obvious to me halfway through that match the reason why we were losing and it was me i wasn't a good coach i was a rubbish rubbish coach and the reason the other girls had come forward and were better is because their coach was good and so the next thing that I did was I went out, literally got on the phone that day, and I found the good coach, and I brought him straight into the side, and the team improved. And sometimes when you sit down, I'm not saying this has occurred to Rick, but, but the also despair too, I felt after that match wasn't because I was disappointed in the girls, it was because I recognised that I was the problem. Yeah, and also too, you weren't getting paid a million dollars a year, so it's a lot easier in your situation to walk away from a coaching gig that was unpaid. Agreed, agreed. No, I do agree with that. But what I'm saying is is Ricky there was upset. And I guarantee you this, Ricky is looking inwardly for the blame more than he is looking anywhere else. This is what people don't understand about him. They always say, oh, he's blaming this, blaming this. Ricky Stewart blames one person first every single time, and it's Ricky Stewart. He is harder on himself than anybody else could ever be. And that's pretty damn hard because you think about how many people are gunning for the man. Everybody guns for the man. People take pleasure. It's a national sport having a go at Ricky when he when he fails. So if he's still his harshest critic, geez, he must hate himself sometimes. Anyway, the storm loss. Twenty dollar Blake and the Pork Landspeed record voucher. I, I thought Sam Williams. Well, we're gonna go with Sam Williams because that seems to be the, the, the popular opinion. I thought he was okay. He didn't really blow my mind you know he he managed to kick the ball out a few times which I guess both, is a good thing but both tries that we scored had a large deal of Sammy Williams in them yeah so it was a great it was a great 10 minute opening wasn't it didn't yeah it was but he didn't get rolled over by forwards he didn't he yeah. was good the he other one the other best. one that I, I thought was good was Curtis Scott again he, yeah he, I thought Curtis Scott again man he, he had an absolute red hot go oh yeah now you mentioned he really did didn't he but we'll give it to Sammy Williams. That's that's that's. Oh that's no, the, you might be on something there. The fans, you might be right. I might actually agree with you that Curtis might have just shaded Sammy. The fans, the fans, the fans want Sam Williams to succeed. Uh, Look, I'll tell you what we're going to do after the podcast. We're going to put out a tweet to make the fans choose our, our, our Blake and the Portlets 
um, to come out there and actually choose between Sam and Curtis. Tell us who you want the $20 land speed uh, Man of the Match voucher going to. It's one of those two. I think Curtis was outstanding again. He really put it out there, and I think he gave as good as he got in that match. And any hope we had was underneath those two players. Yeah. Um, we started well. Turned very one-dimensional, that, didn't it, Blake? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the thing that, the thing that like, the first half was good, and then, look, they got a couple of calls, and they came back into the match, and they were leading at half-time, and then I think that the first set of the second half really told me that we were going to lose the game when the Storm just came out and marched up the field. Mm. You know, they made 70 metres off the first set, and it's like, well, we've been getting overrun by sides, and we've had trouble containing the metres of sides, and we've been putting it down to fatigue. Mm. in the second half and maybe poor use of the bench etc when you let in the first set of the second half you let the opposition roll up the field with that much ease you know that really really says where the game's going yeah and yeah when Ricky said that it wasn't about attitude I thought well I think it's right I don't think it was about attitude yeah well if that's not attitude what is it the other thing is too Mile Holland's Peter Mahon, the recruitment manager, come out in the week and said, under the new rules, um, maybe the big players are going to be on the way out. Well, it was really the size of the, the storm forwards, mm. the size and strength and mm. and running of the forwards that, that were the difference. And I mean, and, and half the time I was sitting there because, you know, you're trying to cover the ground saying, OK, what's that person's name? I've never seen that person no, before in my life. I mean, the, the, uh, Ryan Hoffman had to teach me the pronunciation of Trent Liero. You know, and I had to practice for the match. I never heard of him. Oh, he scored a try. <laughs> you know, I, I, number, I, number nineteen or twenty or whatever. Yeah, I'd never heard of him. And they were they were going through the thing, and he was saying, right, the, here's the pronunciations you need to know. And you know, when one uh, ex Wani Asa boy Ryan Hoffman is teaching you um, pronunciations, you know, of players that are playing first grade, you probably shouldn't be, you know. And you follow football, it, it, it's a sad indictment. But, you know, they, they scored, um, you know, in the 48th minute after that with Nelson Asafa Solomona going straight over the top of... Tommy Starling. Again, look, and admittedly, Tommy had just come back into the line and had a bung ankle, but they isolated him completely. Oh, of course, and that's who's going to, you know, it's obvious who's going to run it. And, and I said, and I, and I said, anyone isolated by Nelson to well, Solomona that far out is going to get. And Blake Stradamus came good because who said that Nelson was the man I feared the most and was going to cause the most damage? Well, he did, but oh, I think, you don't need to be Einstein. But I did. I, I, did I think the that. damage that he caused the most with his with his superb acting talents. Just we'll get that's just, we'll, we'll get to that later. Okay, okay, but we'll um, there was no danger or venom I saw whatsoever in the side. Um, we had again no points in the second half, and well, we the forwards I thought were pretty much completely bested. I mean. Elliot tried his guts out. I thought Corey Huddle with a nighter again tried. Yeah, he's 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 actually improved. A fair he, bit. He's improved, and Ryan Sutton gives it his bet. But you know what's what can he do in those in those circumstances? But the, the likes of the, the Goulers and the the James Ryan James, they're just having very minimal impact. I mean, if you look you, at their, you've got you look to at their meters, if, yeah, there's there's they things. made like about fifty meters each, you but, know. But Dinamis Louis came Gore was out for like sixty minutes and, and made about sixty meters. We couldn't get out of our own end. We the couldn't. storm line was really compressed. And we kept and running fast. one out into the yeah. into the teeth of the game. Into into what was a very compressed and, and fast the, moving the line. The first half the two tries we scored was spin it wide, be unpredictable and get out there as fast as you can. We scored two tries and then oh that worked. Oh, let's stop doing it. What the yeah. hell? I never I didn't understand it. 
Um, but uh, there was something that, you know, like I was a bit uh, despairing after that match and upset after the press conference, but there was something that made me angry, Blake. In fact, you might say it grinds my gears. You know what really grinds my gears? You know what grinds my gears, Blake? So I'm disappointed after the press, all right, and the storm are being magnanimous nice people because they can be because they just won and whatever and getting out there and I'm pissed off and they can see it and um, the storm media manager denied me an interview with Nico Hines right towards the end in spite of the fact he should have let me. So I'm a bit pissed off and him and um, Ryan Hoffman say, oh, you're a bit down in the dump. So they went into the dressing room and one of their sponsors is Grilled, the burger people, who had just brought the storm a whole lot of after after match burgers and they gave me one of the burgers really a chicken an avocado and bacon burger and it was so damn good and it really really made me hate the melbourne storm at least you could just be complete dickheads all the time and let me hate you completely because if you think i can be bought with a burger they're probably right. They are absolutely right. Did and they did they slip you a pair of tradie underpants while uh, they're at and, it? And why wouldn't they? And why wouldn't they? I, I was in that state. You know, and, and if they think I can be bought What's with a burger, they're, they're absolutely right. I absolutely can't, and that grinds my gears, Blake. It grinds my gears. What's, what's, their, what's their other sponsor these days? I can't remember. I don't JK. I, I don't know. With Toyota Forklifts, there's a fine sponsor. Toyota Forklifts, uh, Canberra Milk. Keep buying it, people. These are the people that bent over and sponsored our club. And if you've got any other milk in your bloody fridge when you're in this particular region, being the ACT and surrounding region, that isn't Canberra Milk, have a good hard look at yourself. You know that we don't actually have a sponsor secured for 2020. Uh, no, I've heard Landspeed are thinking about pulling out. Yes. Well, no, no, I mean specifically not, not the show. I meant... The camera, the camera. Well, is, maybe the Landspeed Records is a chance. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's twenty dollars bargain the match. Bargain, bargain basement yeah, price. There we go. Um, but, I mean, uh, this, this is this is the disappointing thing about the the current state mm. of the club and the, and the George Williams. You know, we keep on thinking that we've like the ironically named episode four or five episodes again. Rock bottom. We keep on just digging. What deeper were you and deeper. even thinking? Yeah, we keep on digging deeper that and deeper. That was just tempting fate we, on a we, scale. We do wonder at this point now how low we can go, but it's just so sad. Think 2019. Well, we're in, in two a grand weekends final. time, we get a chance to lose the Brisbane Broncos at home. I know that will be freaking disgraceful. Um, and the, the, they're on the way up, and we're on the way down. You know when you like stop looking at those. Um, you know your team's going badly when you stop looking at the um, those Monday sort of. You know where they have those team. Uh, yeah, what are they called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I know the Jamie latest Who's in form? You yeah, know, who's yeah, on the way yeah, up? Yeah, yeah, yeah stuff. I, I've stopped looking at that. Oh, why would you look ago. at that? What are we sixteenth yet? No, nah, we'd still be ahead of the Bulldogs, but we'd be I mean, the, the Broncos are on. The Broncos are on the way up. Yeah, our form line would be the. 14th. So anyway, so twenty nineteen is only two years ago in the grand final. We've got the brilliant center of excellence, and now freaking hell. Yeah, we've sunk so low so fast. There were still fifteen thousand people there. It's a career against the Melbourne Storm, who mm. you know don't. They actually mm. did have quite a few fans there on the mm. night in that corner. Yeah, they but did. generally, they're not a team that that draws a lot of opposition fans. No, there were fifteen thousand people yeah. turning on a cold night. There's people everywhere you go in Civic wearing Raiders mm. like never before. Yeah, and we're shooting ourselves in the foot. Oh, shooting ourselves in the foot. Oh, I would say we've taken it a chainsaw, taken my leg off a halfway up the bloody hip. Um, I mean, when will the, look, when look, will look, the look, bleeding look. stop? I don't know, but maybe it's time we ask Danny Stewart. Yeah, Roy, uh, I've got to go, Rick. Yeah, just uh, just link Kenty, no, mate. Get on the blower to Kenny. All right, mate. <coughs> yeah, this is Danny Stewart, the uh, half-brother of a uh, camera artist coach, Ricky Stewart. 
Well, fuck me. Hasn't this turned to absolute shit? <coughs> Twelve months ago, we're coming out of the COVID period, and uh, a little bloke from the uh, north of England with a uh, elongated proboscis was uh, tearing the Melbourne Storm a new one. <coughs> we're through from three. Everything's looking rosy. We're uh, we're going to win the comp. And uh, 12 months later, we got this fucking shitstorm. <coughs> um, it's hard to know what to say in times like this, but uh, one thing I've been trying to do is uh, stay positive. Ah, fuck! Fuck me. It's a... Uh, <coughs> it's hard to know what to say. It really is. It, uh, it's a tough period. Um... Uh, Sammy Williams, Sammy, he'll uh, he'll come in. He'll uh, he'll do a job. Uh, what sort of job that is, I'm not uh, I'm not sure, but he'll do a job. Uh, I've got faith in him. Go on, Sammy. <coughs> we got more depth than the Marianas Trench at this footy club, and uh, that's been evidenced over the last few weeks. Um, oh, fuck! Well, oh, I need a fucking beer. Well, Danny, Danny seems a bit upset. Maybe we should leave poor, Danny for a little while. Poor Danny. Yeah, but there were a few things that have made you upset, Blake. In fact, they've made you go, on the burst! I mean, the thing that upsets me most, apart from Raiders-related issues, which are, are numerous, um, is just the state of the comp right now. I mean, it's got to the point now where I'm watching less games of league than I've watched in a long, long time. Because so few of the games actually are you turning on and thinking this stands to be, you know, a, a good contest. Mm. Uh, I mean, Paramount Manly, I watched that one, I was into that one. Mm. But beyond that, I've, I've generally only been watching our games. Um, seeing Brisbane getting flogged, I mean, that's not even happening anymore. Even that got, it was fun for a while, but even that got boring. Yeah, even that gets but boring. I looked at the, the, the odds for this weekend and I saw that um, Penrith versus the Bulldogs. Do you know what Penrith are paying to win to win that game? A uh, dollar and one. A dollar and one. Now, when was the last time in the NRL you saw a team a dollar and one to win a game? I think. Well, this is before betting became widely known. But in the Western Suburbs last season, I'm pretty sure. Which was what was that? 2001 or 2000 or 99? Supercoach Tommy Rodonikis. Yeah. R.I.P. Probably uh, if you'd come up against you know but the so, so Broncos at that my, stage. My point, about, my point about the dollar and one odds was. Generally, that's sort of the thing you'd see yeah. in the AFL. Yeah. And my argument for the last 10, 15 years, the reason that the NRL competition is so superior to the AFL competition is because on any given day, you know... Any side could win. Yeah, and then they, every game was a contest, whereas, you know, for a while there, GWS or Gold Coast or whoever was playing, they had absolutely no, had no chance. Well, you've got Melbourne Storm at $1.10 to beat Brisbane Broncos. I can't argue with that. Um... Then you've got yeah, Penrith Panthers is a dollar and one to beat the Bulldogs. Twenty one dollars in a two horse race, the Canterbury Bulldogs. You know, and then you know you've got uh, Sydney Roosters against the Raiders. Sydney Roosters missing how many players? A dollar twenty five. A dollar twenty five. Um, and then Manly Seagulls to Newcastle Knights, a dollar twenty-five. So you, it is born out in those, and that that makes you go on the burst, yeah. I guess, I guess. But um, who's got a lift? Dude, dude, in these dark times, you can't just be... I'll edit something in. I'll oh, edit something no, in. No, no, no. Your heart's got to be in it. Well, we both got differing views on who's got a lift. Mine is a, a positive one. Sammy. Sammy Williams. 
you one of us, you're from us, you're with us, you'll always be us. There's no question about that. This is your time, Sam. This is as the time. Jenny, as Jenny Stewart said, yeah, he'll do a job. He'll do a job. And he will do a he'll job. Do. And whatever job he does, he'll do all heart and soul. You never have to doubt the Kuma crooner, Sammy Williams. Um, Dad bod and all. Yeah, Dad bod and all. But he'll give 100%, you know, and you never have to wonder who Sammy Williams is. Paul Kent said young... young uh, Young Sam Williams will do will do a job for the Raiders. He'll come on. Yeah. He's not that young, Paul Kent. He's no. he's thirty now, isn't he? Paul Kent. No, Sammy Sam Williams. Williams. He yeah. must be thirty. He is. And who do you think's got a lift then? Uh, well, Tom Starling, I think's got a lift. I mean, he's been put above the pecking order, above Josh Hodgson for his running game. Well, I think I'm happy for him to be at hooker. If Sam, if if Hodgson's at seven. If Hodgson's at seven. Which I think is perfectly. We know he can kick. We know he can tackle. We know he organises the defence. He can get through a gap. Why wouldn't you put him at seven right now? Why wouldn't I you guess, put Josh yeah, Hodgson guess, at seven right yeah. now? I guess it would, in some ways, he'd still be a target out wide for back rowers, I guess. But he's going to be wherever. I'd put Josh, I'd put Josh at seven. Well, I mean, there if was... you're worried about the target, Saliva Havili, you can target him as much as you want in the nine jersey. He might not give... The he's, most... not, he's not in the team. Yeah, I know, but he should be in this case because Nelson Sofa Solomona may still go over Saliva Havili, but, you know, it's not exactly, you know, chasing fat kids going over Saliva, is it? It's not. You're saying he's fat? No, I'm saying he's a big chunk of bloody muscle. <laughs> and if you, if you go run over the top yeah. of him, all power to you, but it's not going to be the easiest thing in the world, is it? Yeah, so I think if he's there for his for his running game and his speed, I mean, I know it's hard when you're getting so dominated in the ruck as mm. we were. And look, we could talk about the Storm mm. flopping in the ruck, which I thought they were doing, and they were consistently offside. But again, it's like one of, things, it's one of those things. I thought you were going to talk about it, and then I was going to say to you, well, Tim, there's no point getting upset about it because it's like you were saying about general things in the NRL. Oh, yeah. It just happens. It just happens. And it's never going to change. Look, so. a, a friend of mine was... A um, person I know was having lunch just recently with perhaps a coach of one of the sides um, and that coach was actually talking about one of the major things they do is you know like the first two days is you know getting into the training thing and setting that regime and then the rest of the coaching staff go off study the tapes of all the opposition they're coming up against and review what they already know about them that person's got a left foot step that person doesn't defend well to the right that person doesn't drop back enough into you know whatever goes through that and they study the ref they're going to come up they know how long they can lie on the tackle player with that ref they know the refs they can back chat and the ones they can't here's my question to you Blake why aren't we doing that I thought you were I'm not I think it should be. I'm happy to go in there and start a team up that actually does do it because it is so clearly something that's necessary. That's that's your your, your son's you. That's knowing your enemy. Yeah. Isn't it? That's your basis of any yeah. battle. Choosing your field of battle. You know what they're going to do and how they're going to do it. You anticipate their moves and you've got a plan for those things. If you're not drilling down to that level, then what are you? Um, oh, I haven't quite finished... Um, who's got to lift. The other you're one... You're not saying I interrupted you, are you? Yeah, the other one that's... that's that the other thing people that have got to lift is the back three yeah I had a look at the meters the back three made mm. um, did against, they against the storm and yeah it's, I think Aiken's like 50 meters 50 or 60 meters you know you go from the days of having chance mm. just running the ball up and running yeah, yeah. the ball up and running the ball up and getting the ball out of our own end you know making over 200 meters well yeah. 60 meters from the fullback that's not enough running meters yeah um Semi Valame, you know, we wanted to see him come back into the side. And look, I still think he's got huge potential and huge upside. And I'm very disappointed to see 
Uh, he's not in the team this week. Initially, I, I thought, believe there's a hamstring injury. Well, that was the thing. Initially, I thought he'd been dropped. And well, yeah. he made 63 meters. Aikens made 58, and who was on there? Simonson made 129. I know Simonson made the most meters, but I still would like to see Simonson dropped. At the moment, I wouldn't. <laughs> At the moment, I mean, what? What? Well, what's your option? But here's here's the thing, Ricky. So you prepared to drop Josh Hodgson. You prepared to drop Joe Tarpany. You prepared to drop. Um, Josh Papalihi, Bailey Simonson keeps his side in the work, in the team every week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. running the ball over the dead ball that was. Well, that's a new, that's a new interpretation of the rule. He was dead in goal when he picked it up. The new ruling, and it happened in the Roosters match as well. And Tedesco went off about it. Until the ball actually hits the ground on the other side, it's still considered in play. And if well, because players it, can dive over and and hit it back, so it's always still been in play. An attacker can leap yeah, yeah, from the goal. If you're dead, if you're outside the field of play when you touch it, no, but he you caught it and dead. he took it over. He caught it and he took it over. If he no, had no, his no, foot, no, if he no, had no, his no, foot no, on no, the other he side, he did not. He was completely dead when you picked it up, and this happened with Tedesco as well. They're saying it doesn't matter if you're there. Until that ball hits the ground on the other side, over the in goal, not over the sidelines, over the in goal, it's still in play until it touches ground. Because well, of exactly no, what because there's I, the, I don't understand it either. What's, I the, did what's not. the thing when you can but catch it? A, what's the thing where you can catch a kickoff when you got one foot over the line? It's dead. I think he caught it. and He just took it over. I don't think he did. The same thing happened. I think it's a really bizarre interpretation. Hi, this is Jared Croker. Why are you listening to this podcast? These guys know nothing. Lord Funkington, maybe. Maybe Lord Funkington will give us something. Folks, Lord Funkington here. It's Raiders round 12. We're playing the Roosters. Um, I expect we will beat the Roosters. I don't think they've got their best out there. Victor Radley, the lunatic, isn't there. Angus Crichton, the pretty boy with the ponytail, is not there either. Neither is Kiri, neither is a whole bunch of others. I expect we'll win that quite handily, possibly by 56, but I won't commit to it this week. Now, before I go this week, a quick word about George Williams. You might remember a couple of weeks ago uh, when I was talking about bagging players on social media. I think it's time we all just collectively shut the fuck up about this one. Unless you're George Williams, Don Ferner or Ricky Stewart, or maybe Isaac Moses, you don't have a fucking clue what's happened. None of us have a clue what's happened. Everyone's having a crack about what's happened, but none of us actually know what's happened. So why don't we all just shut the fuck up and leave them all alone? Well, I guess he tried. <laughs> I guess he tried. <laughs> he does He does try. He does try. He does try. And, Points and, ref at Lord Funkington. Yeah, and... He, Turning he, up at, at week after week. Week after week. <laughs> he toils away. He's not as toily. Um, at the end of the show... Whenever we'll we need him, he'll, he'll come up. He'll do, he's like Sam Williams. He'll, he'll, do come, he'll do a job. He'll do a job. We don't know what the job's going to be. Need a... A karaoke uh, song, sang. <laughs> and he'll put his hand up. I saw some criticism of us going down the karaoke path here, saying you don't like it. And Solzy came out and said, "Oh no, he's never going to go to the karaoke." Well, more the fools you. This is where the future is. More the future. And Lord Funkin is going to show you exactly why that is where the future is at the end of this show. So jam it um, with great love, Tony. With great love. Um, uh, so ask clown of the week. Ask clown of the week. <laughs> Who've you got? Nelson Asafa Solomona oh. um, for taking the dive. Look, preach. Is he an ass clown or is he not? Because maybe he's not an ass clown because maybe he's just doing what every player should do under oh, yeah. the current rules. Yeah. And probably what every player's coach is telling them to do. You get a hit on the face, anything above the neck, stay down. Oh, yeah. You know, you, you're going to get a penalty. Someone will get put on a point. They might even get sent to the bin. brushes across your face. Yeah, so down. so if you looked, if you actually looked at the Nelson Asafa-Solomon one again, which I did um, prior to prior to recording today, yeah, he gets hit 
sort of brushed on the chin and then immediately he's grabbing his forehead and his eyes. Mm. Do you know what it reminded me of? Rivaldo in the 2002 oh, yeah. World Cup and when he got the ball kicked into his knee and he went down holding his face. I, I think that really what needs to happen is, is sin bins for simulation because that should have been a sin bin for simulation. Yeah, 100%. That was, that was pathetic. But if, if you want to stop that, go to the replay, make sure you can say, you know, there's nothing there that could justify a man of that person, that size, of that size going down and doing that, apart from going for this. And, so you and can then spend he, 10 and minutes then he got up, And then he got up and um, he kind of stumbled around a little bit and then he was he was okay. And I thought mm. that the Storm had someone there ready to go holding up the HIA card, yeah. which oh, I yeah. guess maybe they could have used and, um, and, and that's another thing. If as you a free do, interchange... And if you do that right now, you're getting a free interchange for it. So not only do you go down, yeah. possibly get a penalty in a sin bin for the other person, but you get a free interchange. Yeah, and that's the that's the thing. You kind of go, well, if he stays down, then he should go. He should have to go off the field for ten minutes. But then that would be exploited as well, because it's not really a penalty to to Nelson's side, because it, yeah, it's a free interchange. Yep, yep, yep. No, no, that's it. I, I agree with him. But yeah, so who's the ass clown? Is is he the ass clown for faking it, or is it the NRL for creating an environment where? This is going to be exploited, you know. That's 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 the real question. Oh, I think they're both ass clowns. Yeah, let's go with both of them being ass clowns. Who's your ass clown? Who have you got? No comment. Uh, the Roosters match. Let, let's talk about the Roosters match, shall we? Uh, the teams, the teams. You know, we do have teams that are coming out for this particular match. Um, they're apparently one twenty-five favourites, in spite of the fact that they are missing Kiri. They are missing. Crichton. They are missing uh, Victor Radley. Uh, they are missing, missing Verrells, uh, Boyd Cordner, Jake Friend, who's now retired, the Morris boy, who's now going to retire because his, his, his leg's gone. They are still 125. And that's because they've got Takiaho, Maskey, and Waria Hargroves in the front row. Great front row. They've got Tupanua and uh, Crichton's still in there, but yeah, he's, he's been suspended. Not. So he's, he's, not. He's, 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 he's not. Matt Butcher will come in. Uh, yeah, I'd say Nat Butcher will come in up there, which will mean, I don't know who's going to come off the extended bench, probably Sawali. I'd imagine they'll bring him up. And we've got Isaac Lewis at... Uh, Louis at um, nah, they'll probably bring in the other Butcher. At, at, um, at Sawali's the big out. He's he's one of the, the 100 best players in the NRL. Oh, apparently he is. Yeah. yeah. But I, he, I think he'll come that, up. How are they then you've got Sam him? Walker, who's playing fantastic football on the number seven jersey. Then you've got young Adrian Lamb's kitty, who's doing fairly well. Joey Manu, one of the best centres in the game. You've got the Brett Morris kitty. Sorry, the Josh Morris kitty is the other centre. He know, he'll, he'll do a job, and we pretty know that job. Danny Tupo. On Daniel Tupo, who will score at least two tries against yeah. us from kicks. Just from the air, because, yeah. of course, he, That's what he's does. coming up against Bailey Simonson, so that'll be, you know, he'll be jumping up there. Or has he come up against Rapana? Rapana. Oh, Rapana might have a chance. Then we've got James... Rapana will probably take him out and get sin-binned. Well, hopefully it takes him out properly. And then we got James Tedesco at the back. Um, he's as good as ever. Um, and the only real weakness I can find on that side is a man by the name of Matt Ikavalu. But we're one of those teams where he will have that three-try hat no, trick. Didn't he score your three-on debut or four? Yeah, he is. But he, he's got a few errors. There's actually people are actually framing a market on um, Rappanut as to whether whether he'll go off. Sinbind or yeah. injured? Then, then they've got Kieran, Butcher, uh, Sakula, Saluka, Fafita, and then Baker on the bench. Um, and, you know, that bench runs fairly shallow, especially as they're going to replace Crichton. But then we've got Gula, Starling, and Dinamis Louie in the front row. We've got Whitehead and Hadawita Naira in the second row. 
like that. We've got Ryan Sutton at, at locking that, which is pretty good. We've got Sammy Williams and Jack White in the halves. Be good to see Jack come back with a big match. We've got Curtis Scott, who's playing really well. Sebastian Chris, whose defence is questionable at the moment. Let's just put it out there. He's he, been beaten for pace. But they, they ran at him. They targeted him, and they went round him two or three times. Well, it's happened, and it also happened against the Bulldogs. It's happened two weeks in a row. Yeah, so he's really got to work on that defence, because gets that in order, the kid's going to be a superstar, but that's that's a problem. And I'm suggesting he looks a bit lost in that line like Brett Mullins did in 1993 when he was playing centre. So their solution was, sometimes he's making the wrong read. Well, if he's at fullback, he doesn't have to make the right read. He knows exactly who he's got to tackle, right? Maybe that's the answer. I don't know. Be a big barrelly fullback, but why not? <laughs> you got Simonson on one wing, Jordan Rappiner coming back into the number five, and then we got Caleb Aikens at the Rappiner, back. Rappiner back is is massive. It is. It's mad, cause Just for the punch out of the back. Well, exactly. That's what I was saying. That was the thing we really missed against the Storm is the, the back three mm. just had nothing. And like yeah. when the forwards are getting completely owned... And then we've got on the bench, Josh Hodgson, the saviour. Uh, Sia Soliola, thank God. Why is he on the bench? Oh, CSL has had to come back. God, here. he's back. Corey Hosbrook back down to the bench, big red. And he's really, and him and James, who make up the rest of the bench, they've got to show us their punch. They've got to show us how they hit the line and bend the line. And same with Emre Gula, because I haven't seen much evidence of that. And that's what they're there to do. So they've got to do it. Um, Ryan James, know, yeah, I've, I've been I've been on his case for a while now. And yeah. I, I, I still don't see, I don't see much coming from him I've well, really lowered my expectations well we see he's a shadow of the player he was at the Titans well I mean he's had two major injuries on his knee so maybe that, that's something in there but he's still trying but whether or not he's making the impact um, Semi Valame unfortunately is out with a hamstring injury because every time he touches the ball you think something actually could happen and Hudson him. Young's been dropped he's gone from round three you know you know number 11 jersey Replacing John Bateman going to the Blues to number 21 jersey on the extended bench. It's sad. I don't know what's happened there. Yeah, so... I it's... hope we're not trying to push him out of the club as well. I don't know. I, I have no mail on that. No, where, where he sits in the dumpster fire there. Uh, Schneider's gone to the extended bench after his four-minute debut last week. Oh, sorry, four-metre debut. I think, was he on for 10 minutes? What is the point of having someone on the bench and not bringing them on until the last 10 minutes? And the game was already gone. Why not give him... Some more time. I just don't understand. Oh, I'm not sure the how thinking. the interchange has been working this week. But now we get to the the, the part that everyone doesn't really care about. The <laughs> extended bench. Who's on the extended bench? Well, we've got a man by the name of Anderson. Elijah Anderson. Elijah a Anderson. A winger. From, he was one of our, our three um, big signings from North Queensland, I believe. Right, right. Well, Xavier... Xavier um, and I was including him. Yeah, yeah, he's he's going to be playing fullback in New South Wales. He Cup did last week. week as well, and and uh, he ran for like yeah, close no, to two hundred meters. No, the kid's special. We've just got to keep him under wraps and and make sure that he's looked after. We got Harry Rushton, cannot be far away from finding his way into the seventeen now. He just can't. You know, we lose a couple more matches, and it's time to blood these kids. Well, with the with the Xavier um, Savage, yeah, one round sixteen, he can't pl- play first grade. Yeah, and I think that's the for, Rushton as well. No, no. Rushton can come in. Yeah, Rushton's already on the bench. Rushton's in the top 30 or whatever. It's only players beyond. Yeah. You can't bring anyone in After outside that. Well, of we've the got top Schneider thing. then in the 20 and Hudson Young. Schneider's one of the other ones that came from North and, Queensland. And 21 is uh, Hudson Young. Their extended bench, and this is going to change. We've got Howe, Tapua. We've got White, who's a player I don't know. We've got Egan Butcher, I believe Nat's brother. Yeah. And we've got Suwali down there. I'm going to give them the... Uh, 
Extended bench. You're gonna give it, you don't even know who they are. You're still going to give it to them. I oh, know Egan Butcher and I know Suwali. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I know those two. That's where matter? I'm going to go. What are the, listener, of the, of, listener of the week, well, Blake. You know the thing about this game. Yeah. Um, there's a certain point, and it, it, it does hark back to some dark days, where you're not actually looking forward to the game. Yeah. We'll turn up. We'll wear our green. I'll drink. I'm going to drink. I know I'm going to drink. And look, you know what? I found, like, I've been I've been really testing which alcohol really goes with football depression best. And people... Gin? I, I, no, I think <laughs> it's a very good Pinot Noir. Now, don't go to these New Zealand ones. I want you to go to the Yarra Valley, or I want you to go to Tasmania, or I want you to go to the Barossa. I think in... Oh, and the Bellarine Peninsula is very good. Pretty much anything out of there really dulls the pain in a really nice way. Now, I've tried a bit of Shiraz, you know, when I've done this, and, and I've tried some Cabernet, uh, Cabernet Sauvignon, but I really find the Pinot Noir is the one that goes with it the best. What, it's come to this. It's what, come to what, this. What's, your, what's, what's your alcohol? Beer. You go with beer. See, I find beer makes me too frothy and angry, whereas there's a bit of a depressant in the wine, so it actually levels me out and, and eases the pain. It's like an anaesthetic, whereas beer can hype me up. And I'm trying to calm, calm my farm now. Uh, who's our listener of the week, Blake? Listener of the week is Arnold J. Arnold, Arnold J. J. It's River. about time. It's about time for Arnold J. Yeah, no. Arnold J. Is, is good value on Twitter, and yeah, yeah. He's he's lives up Port Macquarie Way, and uh, I must look you up next time I'm up uh, visiting at uh, Halliday's Point. Yes, he's 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 a very keen um, punter and and student of all things gambling. He's, sometimes we'll have speculated a few things as to when was the last time a team in the AFL yeah, was yeah. a dollar and one cent or when was the last time the Raiders were $6.50 home. He's actually been able to come back with a, with a very well-researched and, and thought-out reply. So, love your work, RJ. The other thing RJ do. does loved is, it he, for a while now. Is, is he has a few tips and insights into the punting world that he tweets about. And I know nothing about punting and no, I'm not don't. a punter at all. I am a but, losing punter. Well, I have some friends that are like chronic gamblers. And so, every now and then, I take the information that I've gleaned from one of um, RJ's tweets and just fire the message and say, oh, have you seen race six, such and such, you know, and a bit of a tip and a bit of a reason why, and they're just totally baffled and confused. So thanks for that, RJ. No, and that is very good. I, I did have a bit of a, a sad one in my uh, my $5 uh, same match multi with the, uh, the Bulldogs match last week where all I needed out of the Bulldogs to happen, it was the last thing I needed before I needed, I think it was the Titans they were playing to win by 13 plus, was Nick Kotrick to score. And when Nick Kotrick went over and scored that, I thought I was in. Sin bins, only one by 10, one nothing. Don't gamble, people. Yeah. All you're doing so, is, it is all you're doing is giving is, bookmakers is, your money. They're not your friends. They're not your friends. <laughs> they don't care friends. with you time. So the other thing just about listeners week in general, if you're listening to the show and you're wondering, hey, when's my time? When am mm. I getting a turn to be listening week? If you're not on Twitter, yeah. It's unlikely. Chances, chances aren't very good. But the other way that you could be a listener of the week is to jump on iTunes and give us a review. It doesn't even have to be a five-star review because that person that gave us a pretty bad one. <laughs> bad one. They got on. And our truck driving man from Wollongong, we hope you're out there. We hope you're listening because that made Blake and I both laugh and that's what we're really here for. Yeah. And, and, you know... We could do with a laugh right now. We could now. do with a laugh right now. So, you know, put it in here. <laughs> we're the first to tell you how ordinary we are. Um but uh, there is a, uh, in spite of the uh, disclaimer at the beginning of the show, I believe there is a reason to be cheerful. Reasons to be cheerful, part three. Josh Hodgson's still here, people. He's still here. He has not gone. He is still the man for the job. He is still a man of integrity I reckon he's gone. and honour. He'll be and... here till the end of the season, but I think he's gone. And 
I haven't nothing, given up on this. We've, if nothing we've learnt from the last six to 12 months in rugby league and the Canberra Raiders, where there is smoke, there is fire, because all these things Yeah, seem yeah, but to this is not unrecoverable, happen. and he is the sort of man who will be able to be recovered. He is a man of uncommon honour and integrity, not just ability. And while he's still here, there is still hope, and that is a reason to be cheerful, because Josh Hodgson still dons the green. He is still amongst us. And while he is still there, there is still hope. So that's my reason to be cheerful. Blake Stradamus. Blake Stradamus. Bleeding is still going to occur. It's still going to happen. Joe Tarpany will not be at the club beyond 2021. He may even leave before the end of the season. Um, they were very critical of him. When I got in the car after the game, I turned on the radio. Not triple six. Uh, do you guys do much talk after the game or does it pretty much end on full time? So you're saying you don't even listen? You don't well, I generally listen. do, but I actually had 106 in the car. We went all the way to 10 o'clock. They were, oh, did you really? Okay, yes. well, I'll know for next time. They were very critical of Joe Tarpany. Some fascinating insights were being offered in that, you know. From you? From all sorts okay, of people. Okay, well, they, they they were very critical of Joe Tarpany. I was saying that The when, great Alan Tung is there offering those insights. And who are you listening? You're listening to 106. Well, I was. Oh, Chris Coleman's all right. I'm this, mates this, with Chris oh, Coleman. Chris Coleman's great, but you, um, this is about your your crush on Raider Nick, isn't it? No, I, don't, I definitely do not. You're the one that has a man crush. You're on the Raider one Nick. who keeps sending me topless pictures <laughs> of Raider Nick because I know you like him. I think Raider Nick's great. <laughs> I think he's hilarious. Anyway, they were very cl- critical of Joe Tarpany and made comment in the fact that he seemed to be just laughing and chuckling on the sideline the whole time mm. and didn't seem at all concerned about the state of affairs on the field. So the, the school thought is he's already checked out. Whether or not that's true, I don't know. Some players are just like that. Some players just, you know, it's a job and they don't really... Not everyone's Jack Burden's going to be in tears at the end of a loss. No, look, I wouldn't have dropped Joe Tarpanay when he was dropped. I don't like the way any of that has played out at the moment. Um, I don't have any problem with him laughing on the side. He's he's not bought in. He's one of those people, is when he gets on the field, he's bought in 100%. When yeah. he's off the field, he's he's a young man. He has a yeah. laugh. And look, I, I can see what they're saying um, in that regard. It's not the world's greatest look. But, you know, he's a, what is he, 24? No. He's like 27 or something now. When I was 27? You, you knew me when I was 27. No, I didn't. Yeah, you did. I was a complete idiot. Probably anyway. there's an argument that I still am. So but the other one, like... the other Blake's dramas is, so Tarpany will leave possibly before the end of the year. And the other one is Josh Hodgson will definitely be at the Broncos in 2022. And you know why I think that'll happen? Because Kevin Walters right now has got one chance to save his coaching career. He won't get, you know, if, he, if, if the Broncos fail again, he's gone and he'll never get another head coach gig at a club ever, anywhere. So he's got one shot to save his coaching career. And you don't think if, if you were him, you thought that if you had... Oh, I think he if would, you but had, there's two things in between that. One, he needs to have the money. Oh, they'll find the money. They we need to release him in order to go. Three, his management team is associated with Isaac Moses. Cove Agency. Yes, yeah, so I believe very strongly that that particular agency is not, in fact, the flavour of the month up at Red Hill right now. No, it's not, but like I say... If very if, much not the flavour of the if month If you were Kevin Walters and you're thinking, well, we've got some good young forwards and we've got some talented outside backs what are we missing a great seven oh well, no they're, they're I think it's a great but seven. I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a lay down everyone's other, been saying other, it's lay down the other missing piece of the puzzle is a great number nine can you imagine 
Reynolds and Hodgson together. Yeah, I can. And the thought would be very appealing, I think, for Josh Hodgson. And the Broncos would probably promise him an ongoing role. I mean, a role that I thought he would stay here. I thought oh, that Josh I Hodgson think, I think would right always now, stay in if someone, If Josh Hodgson either gets a two-year contract extension from us if the bridges are, are, are rebuilt um, to go for another two seasons after the end of next season versus the Broncos coming up and say, we'll give you three years from the start of next year through yeah. that. Um, he'll go somewhere. Whoever gives him that, I would say would get him. Well, he'll go somewhere where he's wanted. I'd At say. the end of the day, everyone wants to go work somewhere where they're wanted. Yeah. You know, they don't want to hang around somewhere where they're not wanted. I'm very much, as I've made very clear in this, very hopeful that the power, everyone involved will get together and recognise that anybody who doesn't see him at our centre of our club is misguided. He's a freaking idiot. Your words, not mine. Is misguided. <laughs> no, I don't say freaking. You say freaking. I don't say freaking. Oh, freaking. Sorry, freaking. I don't you s- say freaking. Do I? When yes. did I say that? All the time. No, I say the proper F word. <laughs> and my son, Matthew, gets up at me. Anyway, And so, yes, I say um, performance. Oh, God, can you get off that? After there's far worse things I do than that one. Um, so after this week, good news, people. The weekend afterwards, we cannot lose because we're playing the bye. So we get a week off after the Roosters. Are we taking a week off? Uh, actually, we may. We Is it school holidays or not? No, it's the school holidays are for a few more weeks. I don't know. I'm not up there. And then we play the Broncos at home on the Saturday night. Anyway, as <laughs> much as you know, there's been a clear outcry for and against it, uh, Raiders karaoke will continue another week, yes. Do you think the fans will still show out in first force for the Broncos game? Oh, I certainly hope so. I'll be going. They've still, Well, they've already bought their season tickets, so they're kind of committed. Why wouldn't you go? This is going to be part of one of the great fightbacks of all time where people say, oh my God, it was a Were dumpster you there fight. It was a dumpster Williams... fight going over the falls and somehow they got up and they won the premiership. How did that happen? Here's, here's a, a brand new Blake Stradamus prediction for you. Yeah. Sammy Williams to replicate Terry Campese's run charge to an unlikely, almost got there, Dally M medal mm. in 2006. Mm. It's, all, it's, it's all set up. 2008. Two, was it 2000? Yeah, 2008. 2000, sorry, 2008. It's all set up the same way that when um, Todd Carney got the sack, Terry Campese stepped up and he took control of the side and we went on a run all the way to the semis. Yeah, yeah I remember. Sam Williams is going to do the same thing. That's my new prediction. Oh, I love Sammy. Do you knew Sammy like I knew Sammy? He's just wonderful. Anyway, Raiders karaoke does continue and once more, Lord Funkington has really come up with the goods. Uh, this is uh, Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. I'm the Pork. I'm Blake. And we'll talk at you later. Are you all right, Lord Funkington? You're looking a bit down. You're right, girl. I'm not feeling my best this week. I watched the Raiders today Because I still believed I focused on the hope The only way I deal Their fullback tears a hole Then their hooker scores the try I try to look on the bright side But instead I start to cry 
what have we become? My sweetest team, every hope we had drifts away like a dream. We almost had it all. It almost seemed to work, but COVID pulled it down. All we have is hurt. I wear this raider's green upon my faithful chest, full of battle scars. From when we were at our best, beneath these stains of source, the hope has disappeared. John is somewhere else, and Hodjo's barely here. What have we become? My sweetest team, every poem we sign goes away in the end. We almost had it all. It almost seemed to work, but COVID pulled it down. And all we have is hurt. If Rick could start again, a million miles away, he would keep Johnny. He would find a way.